calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, 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 hello. 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 It's uh, me, Jenny, and also Kristen. It is me. It's true. It's a true fact. My name is Kristen, and I am here. Uh, Between you and me, the episode hasn't actually started yet. (laughs) This is just the intro. Welcome to it. It is. Uh, We want to give a reminder to you all that every month we handwrite five lyric sheets and we donate the proceeds from those lyric sheets to an organization. This month, that organization is Time's Up. Time's Up is a unified call for change from women in entertainment for women everywhere. We normally do five lyric sheets, but we are adding another five this month. We sold through the first five, and obviously all of the organizations that we raise funds for are very important, but to honor Eliza Dushku for coming forward with a story that had to take so much courage last week, we wanted to add five specifically to be able to donate in her name. Many of you, most of you probably read Eliza's story. It was horrifying and heart-wrenching, and we just want to say we stand in solidarity with her and with so many of the women who are coming forward with their stories. Uh, We want all of you to know as well that this conversation isn't going to end with us doing 10 lyric sheets. Jenny and I are in continued conversation, and we're happy to hear from all of you because we want to keep giving back to this cause specifically. We want to keep putting our work, our energy, our efforts toward lifting up the many survivors of sexual assault, abuse, and harassment. You can find out more about our lyric sheets over at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash greater good. There's also a link right at the top bar. If you just go to the website, you'll see um, that month's organization. You can click on that and it'll take you there as well. So again, we're adding another five and you'll be hearing from us in the coming weeks about other ways that we're brainstorming now to give back even more. Yes, and thank you to those of you who have already ordered a lyric sheet specifically for this month um, supporting this work. We really appreciate it. Now, meanwhile, across the internet, I want to tell you that we have a Buffy watch coming up on Patreon in February. We have not selected the episode yet, but Kristen, Wiley Kristen, has put up a poll on Patreon. So if you're already a patron, you can vote now on what episode we're all going to watch together. And if you're not a patron yet, you can go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and click on Patreon, and you can learn all about membership, subscription, support, a beautiful community, and also watching Buffy with us periodically. Cool. Yes. Now, hopefully you're not a person who skips ahead during these announcements because, oh 
boy, do we have a big one coming around the bend. First, though, let me remind you that all of our merchandise is back in stock except for one thing, the Randy for Giles pin, eluding us. The pins were shipped to Australia. They're being shipped. It's been a whole situation. But everything else is in the store, and one day we will have Randy for Giles pins back in stock as well. You can find all of that, of course, on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Shop. Now, what's that enormous announcement, Kristen? Well, Jenny, I'm so glad you asked. See... We are rounding the bend here in the universe of Sunnydale to a very important time in a young person's life. Mm. Uh, Whether you're skipping it or you're going to it, it has meaning and it has impact. And it is the prom. The prom, you say? The prom, I say. What does that have to do with me? (laughs) Well, if you live in Los Angeles or you have a lot of frequent flyer miles, you might be excited to learn that Jenny and I are hosting a Buffy the Vampire Slayer prom at the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles on March 10th, 2018. Now, I'm just hearing about this for the first time right now, (laughs) but I can tell you definitively that there will be dancing, there will be music, there will be swag bags, there will be a photo booth, there will be a costume contest. It will be, as uh, the young people say, if Gabby Dunn were here, she would say it will be lit. (laughs) Wow, Jenny. It will. I mean, you're right. It will. And Gabby Dunn, I hope, will be there and will be saying, you know what, Jenny? This is lit. Jenny, you were right all along. This prom is lit. Now, you are probably already, you've turned off the podcast because you're running to just Google Buffy <laughs> prom tickets. How do I get them? They are not for sale yet. This is your heads up. And here's what we're going to do. We're releasing all the tickets next week. It's not a large space. So space is limited. Please be advised. If you go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com forward slash prom, you will find out all of the information, the start time, the ticket price, the whole shebang. And you will also see a link to sign up for our mailing list, our brand new mailing list. And what we're going to do is we're going to send an email to everyone on that mailing list 24 hours before we release those tickets. So you get the heads up and you're ready to roll. So again, that's bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom. And you will find all of the things you need to find. Oh my gosh, Jenny. I'm Losing it. You're what gonna, am I going to wear? You're, you're going to play some live music, aren't you? I am going to play a little bit of live music. Uh, you're going to play some 90s songs too, aren't you? Yeah, I'll play a couple 90s songs. Great, 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 But mostly great. I'll be busy dancing. Yes, you As will. you know. And we will be starting now trying to figure out what we are going to wear. Yes. To the prom. So many choices for us. I've never been to a prom before. Wow, your first prom My first is a Buffy prom. prom. Oh, oh God. God. <sighs> okay. Anyhow, a couple other little things. One, we heard from Jack Plotnick last week, Deputy Mayor Alan Finch, and uh, we're going to hear just a little snippet from Jack at the beginning of this episode, which is exciting. Two, next week is an off week for us, so if you are a patron, you get a mailbag episode next week, but if you're not, you must bide your time until the 31st when we come back with Doppelgangland. Doppelgangland! Holy shit. Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. Spoiler free. 
My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we're talking about season three, episode 15, Consequences. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Consequences was written by Marty Noxon and directed by Michael Gershman. Originally aired on February 16th, 1999. That's correct. Also, just two days after Buffy and Faith observed Valentine's Day. <laughs> you mean Gal Palantine's yes, Day? Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, this is the one where a homicide detect. You're going to love this. <laughs> Am I? This is the one where, according to IMDb, a homicide detective closes in on Buffy and Faith as he investigates the deputy mayor's death. What? <laughs> what? What? Wow. Wow. Like, Any excuse they, you to center the guy with the widest tie. Yeah. <laughs> you think the guy that played the detective wrote the description? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. This is the one about the detective who is trying to crack the case. I'm like, no. Dude, you had a no. scene. No, 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 no. No. It made me laugh, though. I think it's good. It's a uh, little yeah. off the mark, but. This is the one where a lot. Yeah. This is season the one. Faith oh, episode chains. Oh, my goodness. Am I right? Um, You are Correct, it's at least a, in part. It's hard to do this episode, isn't it, Jenny? Because we just did Bad Girls. and with the, it, how, Things are different now. Within the first few moments of this episode, I became certain beyond the shadow of a doubt that Faith and Buffy would not be sexy dancing at the bronze <laughs> in the next 45 minutes of my you know, viewing. <laughs> when I, like, maybe like 10 minutes into the episode, I had this thought that was like, man, Bad Girls is like... When you first start dating your girlfriend, and then consequences <laughs> is when like, you break up. It's like no, it's like when you've been. Well, I mean, I guess when you break up, but more like the way that Faith talks to Buffy in Bad Girls is like, oh man, I have so many feelings, and they're so <laughs> exciting. Oh man, and then in consequences, she's like, she may as well ha- have stubble on herself, like a beard that she has not shaved. She is like <laughs> tired and worn out. They've been married for twenty years, sure, and sure. she's like, girl. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, so we've come a far way with our lovebirds. Uh, yes, long have they traveled. And listen, that dunking in this opening dream scene. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we die, before we get into the specifics of the episode, I just want to take a moment because Jenny and I have been watching on Hulu, but we recently brought the DVD player upstairs mm. and I said, why aren't we watching the DVDs? We have everything set up. <laughs> and Jenny was like, oh, right. And then we'll get to watch the DVD menu. For those of you watching on the DVD set at home, I am so sorry that we have not discussed this. We haven't seen it yet. And opening credits are pretty bananas and amazing yeah 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 when you in order to when you first insert the disc into your dvd player for the uninitiated (laughs) um you need to get to the menu that will show you which episodes are on the dvd but before you can get to that menu there's this music that's like like very um uh late 90s dance music but like the aggressive Prodigy coming up, I think, for the second time. Mm. Prodigy-esque. It's funny because what I was going to say is the music is really appropriate for the one clip that they do show of Faith and Buffy dancing. Sexy dancing at the bronze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe they picked the, the music solely to accompany that clip. Maybe they picked the clip solely for me. I think both are true. So anyway. The dunking. 
The dunking. The dunk tank. The dunk. So, okay. So we, last episode, I sat down with Jack Plotnick. We talked about bad girls. It ruled. But we also talked about consequences just a tiny bit, this scene. And we didn't want to tell you that we had more of that interview because we didn't want to spoil yes. the fact that he was in this little bit of this episode. So we have something to share from that with you. It's a very fun story that Jack had to tell about this scene. But before we share it, do you want to talk about this scene a little bit? I just want to talk about when Buffy comes up uh, and breaks the surface of the water and Faith is there and like you see sort of like from below mm-hmm. Faith's hand coming down towards Buffy's face slash the camera. Uh, and then it cuts so that it's above her hand and you see her hand pushing Buffy's head down into the water. It just looks like her arm looks like a wet noodle. She just doesn't look like she's pushing very hard. (laughs) But then they cut to like a sort of side shot, Uh and that looks legit. And I'm sorry, that uh, it was just for me, I guess. That was for you. Thanks for listening. Jenny's investigation. Thanks for listening to our amazing podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow... This is, a, this is the first scene. It's what we open on. It's before the credits even hit. And it's really haunting. And obviously it sets the stage for the rest of the episode. And, and is, it's pure lack of sexy dancing. Yes. And, the, and it's the direct bridge. You know, we've just left bad girls. And we're like, what? Mm-hmm. And they're like, remember? And we're like, what? <laughs> so let's just jump over to Jack real quick and hear the story that he told about filming this scene. We see your character again, and you are underwater, and you are pulling Buffy down. This is a, it's a dream sequence, but you are underwater, and I would love to hear about what that was like. I was probably trepidatious. Mm-hmm. I'd never done underwater stuff, and um, what happened was that they said, okay, so we're going to do this thing underwater, and if you want, you can, you can get in the water and feel what that feels like and check out the temperature, and it's nice and warm. But there was no, like, training or anything. It was just, we're, you're just going to do this. And I was coming from a place of, yeah, I'm happy to do it. And how long do I have to hold my breath? And they said, probably, I'm guessing now, probably 30 seconds. And I tested and I knew I could do that. And uh-huh. so I really didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I was going to be in the water at some point. However, the scene kept getting pushed. And so, you know, you're, you've got all this adrenaline. You're sitting in your trailer. You're waiting for the scene to happen. And it keeps getting pushed to later and later at night. And Eliza was on set as well. <clears throat> I went to her trailer. And uh, eventually I was like, well, I don't think this is going to happen for a while. And I'm so hungry. And so I had this big ham sandwich. I ate the ham sandwich. I think I even had a cigarette with Eliza <laughs> in her trailer. And they're like, Jack Plotnick to the set, please. Jack Plotnick to the set. I, my heart dropped because... There's something you can't do after you eat a ham sandwich and have a cigarette is hold your breath. (laughs) By the way, I don't smoke anymore. I haven't smoked in years and years and years. And I can't tell you enough how important it is not to smoke. So please don't make the stupid decisions I made when I was very young. (laughs) And I never smoked seriously. I would just on set. It was fun to have a cigarette if another actor was doing it because it felt cool. Hollywood James Dean. But I... (laughs) That was the only reason I did it was because Eliza was so cool when she did. I was going to say, anytime, if there's ever a good time to smoke a cigarette, it's if Eliza invites you to her trailer. So anyway, there's nothing you can do. You're called to set and you're on. And I was freaking out because my stomach was now full and I was all night not eating because I didn't want. Okay. So anyway, so they they get, I, I get in the water and they explain to me the shot and this was really sucky. They go, okay, so here's how we've set up this shot. 
where you're going to go under the water. A guy in a scuba gear is going to grab your foot and hold you underwater. Now, the camera is going to slowly pan up your body, up to your face, then on your arm to your hand holding the stunt woman's leg. Okay, that's the hardest way to shoot the scene because it just makes everything 10 times longer. I was going to say that doesn't sound like 30 seconds. It was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really... It was really scary that it had, you know, that they were doing the shot this way because it just meant everything was longer. Yeah. So anyway, um, however, we did it and it was scary and uncomfortable and I just never wanted to, I think we probably did, let's say, three or four takes and I was very glad when it was over. I don't, I mean, look, they didn't mistreat me at all and it's my fault. I, I ate that ham sandwich. <laughs> but um, it was definitely not more than I could take, but it was it was intense and, and a little scary. Yeah. And um then I'll never forget. It was the last time I was on set. And the last time I saw Eliza on set, uh, I'm all wet and I'm getting back to my trailer. And it's now so late at night. Mm -hmm. And she steps out of her trailer and says, good night, Jack. She's in a gown because she's headed to a party. Oh. And I went, you go. Like, I just <laughs> love that about her. She really, she wanted to go to this party at like 10, 30 or 11. And it's now like 2 a.m. And she was going. Wow. She had the dress and she was going. Oh, my god! So I loved that about her. Incredible. She was just a cool chick. So fun. Yes. Just so fun. I When we watched it through tonight, I had heard that story already and just kept imagining Jack full of ham sandwich. <laughs> I also like, I just think it's so fun that the more little tidbits we gather about Eliza Dushku, I, I don't know if I'm saying her name right. I'm sorry. I feel like I've said it that way my whole life, but then other We've been advised to say it Dushku. Dushku. Or Dushku. Dushku. <laughs> Jennifer. Thanks again for <laughs> listening to our amazing <laughs> podcast. I want a ringtone that's just you trying to pronounce Adushka's <laughs> last name. Someone wrote us a very convincing Adushku. email. Adushku? Adushku. Adushku, Adushku. <laughs> Someone wrote us a very convincing email stating that uh, the correct pronunciation was having the first syllable rhyme with push. So, Dushku. Dush. Stop it! <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> Eliza. What I'm trying to say about Eliza is that I love that as we, you know, journey forward in the podcast, we start to gather these tidbits from people like the script we read in the special episode uh, with Nerf Herder. Right, like, right. That had been signed uh, to them from Eliza that sure. was like, hey, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. And now we have this story that's just like Eliza, like, busting out of her trailer at 2 a.m. Like, she had the dress. <laughs> she was going to the fucking party. And I'm just saying, like, my fantasies are coming true. Sure. They're coming true one by one. Yes. The bricks are laying down Great. to form this perfect, uh, I've lost the metaphor, but you know what I mean? I know exactly just, what I'm you mean. I'm having a good time. Anyhow. Me too. Alan and Faith dream happens. Buffy wakes up in some very romantic angel lighting. We haven't seen <laughs> angel lighting this good wow. since season two. Wow. <laughs> Uh, um, and whatever the hell time it is, Joyce right? is watching the news. But it looks, did it look on the news like it was daytime or something? I know, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like when I was watching the scene, I was like, wait, is it the middle of the night or is it the morning? Maybe it's very early morning. Very, that's what Joyce does. She gets she up watches the at news. 5 a.m. She's so like, give me your best murder stories. <laughs> 
What do you, you got? Know, news? That is so that's so fucking Joyce though. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce loves a good murder mystery. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. She's all about any opportunity to say, <laughs> isn't it just awful? <laughs> She is. She's, oh, she's almost as disturbed as she was with those two dead children. Right, right. Alan, Deputy Mayor Alan, discovered by fishermen. Yes. Who dutifully handed him over yes. to the Sunnydale PD. Oh, so then we go to the credits. We know the gig is up. The body's been found. Faith is uh, good at a lot of things, but not lying and not dumping a body. No, those are her two weak <laughs> those spots. Two weaknesses. Um, and we go to the library where, hey, green mug, what's up? Oh yeah, little green mug alert. And uh, Wesley, <laughs> Wesley is uh, around, and guess who is meeting Wesley for the first time? Oh. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Oh, did you have other Wesley things well, to discuss? Well, Wesley like assigns them to the case, even though technically it's out of their jurisdiction. Yeah, this is a little odd. And Faith is unflapped. It's like Wesley is suspicious of something, which doesn't really add up with the information he has. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess because the mayor is involved and they know that the mayor. I don't think that they know they the know mayor. So what the is, fuck, Wesley? Um, yeah, it's it's curious. It's curious. It's curious indeed. But anyhow, but regardless, speaking that's of things not that are best. curious, oh, yeah. how old is Wesley? I mean, he's Great. certainly not two hundred and forty-one. So <laughs> you know, he's got he's advantage, got advantage, Wesley. <laughs> he's got advantage over at least one character in this show. But we have to assume that he is an adult. An adult. And he believes that Cordelia is... A teacher. Which is which fair, is fair. because Charisma Carpenter is like... Same age as Jenny Calendar. Years what? older than everybody else, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Cordelia isn't the same age as Jenny Calendar, but Charisma Carpenter <laughs> right. is right, 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 right. the same age as Robia Lamort. So we get where Wesley's assumption is uh, coming from, but then we get this great moment where the fucking fly-by-night Giles just like sneaks yes! through the back of the frame that Wesley is in and is like, she's a student. Uh Cordelia has a couple of really great lines. One is like, <laughs> what are you, Giles, next generation? So good. Really solid. And also, um, I like a man with two last names. Yeah, you do, Cordy. Well, she also says, like, uh, it's about time we had some fresh blood around here. Oh, my God. And then and the way Wesley. that he says, mm-hmm. fresh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I would like to give Cordelia a jingle here. Just for, for like, being... Existing. Sure, for being, being for, great. For being not, like... I just feel like Cordelia, for the last few episodes, as we discussed last week, has been one layer, and it's just been or one-dimensional. Right, and, antagonizing Xander. Yeah, and, and I haven't mean. been into it because we know there's more there, and not that she's fully present here, but she is returning a little bit in the scene, and I would like to give her her jingle. Cordelia Thank you very much for obliging, for granting me my wish. But of course. I I don't know if you know this, but I hold a lot of power. I say play the Cordelia jingle and it shall be played. That's what happens. It's almost as if you waltzed into my library and said, I'm your commander now. (laughs) Oh my God, seriously. (laughs) He needs to relax. He needs to relax. He needs to relax. And this scene, like, okay, uh, we cackled, we giggled, we laughed because there were some funny things, but also like, oh. 
Um, I would like to bring us to the t-shirt that Faith is wearing. It says Motion City Baby. Interesting. And the first person to figure out where I can fucking get one of those shirts is going to can have whatever they want from the store. Wow. Whatever they want. Two, three. You can have four of whatever you want. What? (laughs) Pandemonium. I just really want the shirt. The shirt, like, Faith wearing the shirt stirs up in me. We just, Jenny Mm. and I just watched Lady Bird, and and watching that movie, like, stirred up in me all of the nostalgia of my youth, and I think it's up at the surface because I just saw Faith in that shirt, and I had, like, 100,000 feelings. Ah, yes. Uh, It's good. It's just, that's it. There were just feelings related to your youth, though. My, like, gay roots. My, like, Mm, gay, it was, like, it was, like, Faith, the way Faith looks wearing that t-shirt is, like, my... Teenage fantasy, like, like you not even. I didn't even have fantasies as a teenager. Sure, I didn't sure. know what a fantasy was, but mm. it, but it was like the thing. Even when I think back on my first relationship with a girl, like when I remember her, it was like wearing a t-shirt like that. You know? Yes. So Buffy and Faith go into a private classroom and close the door, and yeah. you think things are about to get awesome, but no, they have to talk about the dead guy yeah. again. The dead guy is ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. Alan Mayer. Alan. Deputy Mayor Alan Finch, you're really taking the fun out of Funnydale. Oh, sorry. I didn't know where to go with it. <laughs> so Buffy is like, so upset she's so upset and she just wants to do the right thing and be honest she's Mm -hmm. a she's a truth teller and uh she cannot tell a lie she really struggles in this episode and it is very like wonderfully done i think yeah that like that that uh conflict uh when like you want to like take care of yes. your friend yes. but like ultimately in order to take care of your friend you have to do something that's going to really bum them out right and and w- this is what we've been a lot of what happens in this episode is what we've been like why is no one doing this shit for faith it's like it's like all of a sudden they were like wait why is nobody doing this shit for faith and then <laughs> they were listening to the podcast yeah and then they got to this <laughs> they episode they time traveled they yeah, listened yeah. to the podcast and they returned to the 1999 mm. writers room and said ah uh, pardon us yeah, those girls had a good point yeah uh, <laughs> But yeah, I just, I really, I really feel for a lot of people on this episode. It's a really dark episode. It's yes. really, I mean, you know, it's what happens when people are bad girls. Mm, <laughs> well, I don't know. Just I kidding. Just bring sometimes. up that tricky metaphor all over again. Mm, yeah. But no, um, yeah, this conversation is very real. And Buffy is sort of saying, like, we have to do this right thing. And Faith is like, no, we don't. And Faith is, they do a good job of, like, allowing Faith to be, ridiculously defensive where you can see right through what she's saying and also vulnerable in the first half, you know, before Wesley fucks everything up. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Where you can really see that, like, maybe there is a chance. Just like everyone is saying. (laughs) There might be a chance. There might be a chance to help her. Oh, Faith. Anyhow, so this scene ends and then another sad scene happens where Buffy goes over to Willow. It's like, you know, when you when you spend too much time with Faith and Willow's mad at you, Faith has killed a guy. What are you going to do? You got no friends left. Yeah, yeah. You're all out of friends. Yeah. So Willow is obviously very hurt. Oh, Willow. For justifiable reasons. And geez, Willow. Ugh. The, the hurt that we see from Willow, I'm not even going to go in order. I'm just going to go on a little Willow tangent sure. here. Because we see Willow and Buffy in this first scene where Willow is very strong and is very, you know, like, I need to do this for my... Willow's really good. Like, she's very aware of herself and her needs and, like, yes. 
you know, she's she's still struggling with standing up for herself for long periods of time, but she's working on it and she's able to do it in short bursts right now. And she's so self-aware because her parents are psychologists. I would say yes if we hadn't met her mother, <laughs> but okay, I'm not on. sure. Uh, but yeah, I just I feel like she knows in this moment that she's been hurt and that entitles her to get up and say she needs to go now. And she does that. And it's really sad and everybody's sad. But then when we get to later on in the episode where she finds out that Xander has slept with Faith, it's like... I can't with the scene in the bathroom, Jenny. I can't. I can't. I forgot. We just watched the episode and we're watching it again and I still forgot who was in the bathroom. I was like, is it Faith? (laughs) No, idiot. It's not Faith. Faith's not crying in the bathroom. It's Willow. (laughs) Of course it's Willow. And she just feels so left out. And dear God, if I have any emotion from my teenage years that is identifiable and, uh, you know, significant, it is this emotion of feeling like, I'm not like I'm not good enough or cool enough and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. people aren't going to like me as much as they like this other cool person and Right. Xander had sex with Faith without me. <laughs> wow, Jenny. What? Did you have did you <laughs> a terrible feeling? Like were was your were your teenage years uh fraught with emotions like these that Willow is going through as well? Yeah, I mean, is anybody was anybody a teenager without those feelings? I don't know. I, I don't meet know. That I mean, probably not. But I just feel like I especially had them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I was especially sensitive and right. Well, probably you know I was feeling the same things that you were feeling, but you were probably like really expressing them, mm. uh, and I was not. And you were like, "I'm gonna pierce my own ears <laughs> to get out my grief and nose." And nose and belly button. Uh, that I didn't do myself. I know. Can we know. stop talking about that piercing, please? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, uh, we're, we're hosting a podcast that takes place in the 90s. If anybody's so. got a, a belly button ring, it's definitely Faith Lane. <laughs> That's true. That's that very... is prime belly button ring material. Yes, you're, you're correct. Uh, before we leave the topic of me feeling like people might not like me when I was in high school, I just feel like I should very briefly tell the story of the fact that when I was in high school, I had a camcorder. If you don't know what that is, look it up. And <laughs> we made uh, movies a lot. And Scream had already come out. So we made Scream 2 before Scream 2 came out. And <laughs> if I could get my hands on this tape, I would just do almost anything to get it. I'd give you four t-shirts from the store. Oh, my gosh. Just kidding. Uh, that was a callback. Um, <laughs> what I mean to say is that we did Scream 2. And spoiler alert, I was the killer. And my character, like, we wrote my character to be, like, always home with, like, her friends having not called her. But that was, like, li- literally what was – like, it was so mean. It was, like – it was like my friends recognized that this thing was happening in real life and then they wrote it into the script and I acted it and the end. And you're, though you're still committed to calling those people your friends? Yeah. I mean, it was high school. I, guess, I mean, as we discussed, was Nobody knew everyone to... is an asshole in yeah, high school. Like, it's very hard to know what to do with your emotions and how to treat people. I mean, we like those friends of mine were friends of mine for like a decade. Like, I, you know, it wasn't just that like one year they right. were jerks and they left. It was just like everybody trying to figure out who they were and how to navigate that stuff. Okay. Anyway, fine. a plot device that we used in Scream 2 was that at the time Burger King was giving out Dino Eyes because Jurassic Park 2 or 3 or 7 was coming out. I don't remember. And everybody had the Dino Eye watch. So every time you saw the killer kill somebody, you saw the Dino Eye watch in the screen. But everyone had one, so you never knew who it was. 
Wasn't it you? It was me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. I am so sorry to have taken us <laughs> down that path. I was just determined now to make sure everything. that you all knew that I created the movie Scream 2 before Scream 2. Was yes. Me. Yes. A true visionary. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Speaking of uh, vision. (laughs) Wow. Angel is watching the forensic team from the shadows uh, at the crime scene. And I have to wonder if Angel's looking at this forensic team thinking... Perhaps one day I'll be on a successful, uh, you know, 10 season crime procedural. I should pay close attention. Right, right. I I just, right, that. But also, this is his internal monologue, right? (laughs) He's like, I am Detective Angel. Blood, wait, I've seen blood before. Blood plus blood must mean blood. I am Detective Angel. That was really good, honey. Yeah. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah, it's a lot. You see, like, he has his one memory of blood. Like, his whole life is full of blood. Listen, he's only just begun to detect in this episode. He has much more detecting yet to come. So then the mayor is just so relatable in this scene to me. He's like, you know, shredding, doing paper shredding (laughs) usually makes me feel better and it's just not working. And Mm. I'm like, I get you, man. How satisfying is a paper shredder? So satisfying. God. Uh, I want to shout out because we don't have Kate in this episode. I want to give a shout out to Trick's velvet fucking jacket. Mm -hmm. Trick always is pretty tricked out. He's always wearing some very nice pieces of clothing. But the velvet jacket just is really good. Really nice. Also, he's got a... Very important piece of information. He does. Which is that splinters were found in uh, Alan's heart. Which, ouch. 
So ouch. Like, ooh, what a way to go. That is, out yeah, of all the ways, that's, that's got to be down at the bottom of the list. Bottom of the list. <laughs> anyway, the mayor is delighted by this new information. Uh, Splinter's in the heart of his dead deputy mayor. Yes. So psyched. Yeah, so psyched. And uh, someone else is at the mayor's office, actually. Oh, just two girls breaking and entering. Right. I, my note is ladies in the dark doing sneaky things. <laughs> I really just, I just want it back, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. They're going through Alan's office. Yeah, they're looking through Alan's office. Faith files. is looking at a photo of the mayor with Alan and she's like, oh, he came, he came out, out of nowhere. nowhere. All emotional. And Buffy's like, girl, I know. And, and then, then Faith's like, whatever. Yeah. Guy stuff. Football. <laughs> I've never had a feeling. I love killing a man. Faith is a full cat. Like, Faith is a cat. <laughs> Who's like just starting to get affectionate and then gets noticed and they're like, what, me? I was just licking my paw. (laughs) I'm a cat and I don't care about you. I'm evil. (laughs) There she might be a couple degrees past cat at this point. Some cats, maybe not. But Mm. anyway, though, that was where I wrote Faith talks to be now like they've been dating for six months, I put here. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like them a short span for the demise of their relationship. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, better to burn out than to fade away. Am I right? Oh, wow, Jenny. So they, they find something in that they find nothing and that is enough to say like, oh, and then they see the mayor and Mm -hmm. trick and they're like, oh, Oh, shit. And so this is, you're right, this is really the first time that they're like, oh, the mayor is evil. Yeah, we've been seeing that the mayor is evil right. this whole time. Sometimes I forget that you're not actually Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. Uh, they go out into the street, and they have this conversation. Oh, my it God, gets, it's so intense. So it, this is, this they have is six so months. Many, six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have so many incredibly intense conversations in this episode. They do. Uh, I know what you're feeling because I'm feeling it too. There's a lot of this. Though I was I was like I started it to make fun or like to like mm. be like ha ha ha. But there's actually a lot of this in this episode that's like mostly from Faith's angle, but in this instance in this quote, it's actually Buffy saying like I'm feeling what you're feeling and like we have to share this. But there's a lot of moments in this episode where Faith is like Buffy, just tell me that you have these feelings too. Just Uh, tell me that like sometimes you like get off on killing a vamp. Tell me like, and and she says it in these, in like a tone that makes you think she's just like, come on, be like, I just want you to like have fun with me. But in this episode watching it tonight, especially I was just like, oh, this girl just like wants to feel normal with her feelings. Like she's just desperate for mm. Buffy to say, yes, I have these feelings too. You're not alone with these feelings. And Buffy can't give that to her because Buffy is not at that place yet where she's able to like feel comfortable enough to say like, because it because Faith is right. Like Buffy is fighting these fights. She has these feelings. You see, just like Faith sees, that like Buffy is understanding what Faith is saying. Not about killing a man. <laughs> Heavens no. But like slaying and that like they're fighters and they are different from other people and no Buffy doesn't think they're above the law but like they just miss each other and I just I don't know through this episode I just felt so upset for Faith that like no one could seem to speak her language we'll get to some people trying to speak her language very soon but first this this scene is like the we're warriors we don't get to pass judgment and faith says but we are better than other people right right and it's like she also says you know one guy one innocent bystander got caught in the crossfire uh 
how many people do you think we've saved? Right. And I think that qualifies as... Right. Hell, math. <laughs> okay. I, you're right. When you're right, you're right. That is hell math, Jenny. I had no idea that is where you were going with that. I did you... not mean to derail you no, from your uh, deep emotional pursuits. Please feel free to derail me with the hell math jingle anytime you want, so long as it's warranted with hell math. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, no, I was just, I was like getting real worked up when you were saying that because it was just an argument. Like Faith's arguments, some of them really have weight to them. Uh, and and aren't, it isn't just like, oh yeah, Buffy is definitely right and Faith is definitely wrong. I don't know, watching it, I'm like, okay, these are two distinct perspectives. And Faith obviously did not kill the mayor, the deputy mayor on purpose. It was, right. we, we know for a fact it was an accident. And she doesn't trust the council, which fucking who would of course not. they're a fucking nightmare they're a psychopath and she's saying like listen i dealt with this shit and i'm gonna reconcile it in my heart because i know i was doing the right thing and i know i saved people's lives and it sucks that this happened but it fucking happened and i'm not gonna trust these fucking old men in a fucking castle right. somewhere to, to deal with my somewhere. shit and also it's like, like based on the prequel novel go I, I just see like a lot in Go Ask Malice that uh, really outlines why Faith has so many trust issues. I see. And yeah, of, co- of course she's like been uh, taking care of herself since she was just a, a young thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm sure has every reason to think that, oh, like more fucking right. old tweed dudes in a castle. Right. Of course they're going to fucking Never trust over. an old tweed dude in a castle. Never. That's the rules. Those are the rules. <laughs> So just a very passionate conversation between two slayers and... Who are totally just friends totally and always have friends. been. Right. My favorite part is when Faith is like, nobody's going to cry over some random bystander. And Puffy's like, I am. Right. <laughs> and then later she does. She does. But, oh, but, oh. No, it's very... It's, yeah, I know. You know, she's the best obviously so then we get to now this is a pivotal scene this is this this is what the whole episode is about the cop (laughs) the lieutenant is here he is interviewing the star of the the show show. (laughs) it just kills me that that's what they said in the description okay so the cop is interviewing buffy and interviewing faith and it's done in this like intercut way where great are their stories matching up not really not so much they didn't definitely didn't just hang in classic uh, faith and and like whatever this scene is this scene but this scene really comes to a climax <laughs> <laughs> when it like pans out like, of the motel room and bah- from behind like the payphone in the shadows stepping out into some very specific lighting angel it's- is like lurk <laughs> detective angel yes detective angel that's right. He's putting together all the pieces. <laughs> yes. Blood plus blood equals blood. <laughs> Faith lives in a motel. <laughs> Those are his... Fa- if you opened up Detective Angel's notebook, it was say... His notebook that's like emblazoned with the word clues. Yeah. <laughs> it's from like 17th century France. It just says clues in burned French. into... Yeah. yeah, it says... However you say clues in... Le- in- <laughs> Look it up. How do you say clues in French? <laughs> Did you look it up? Des Andes. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you, Jenny. Des Andes. I still can't hear you. Des Andes. 
That's D E S. That sort of sounds like you're saying these undies. <laughs> Angel is like his notebook says these undies. <laughs> Blazing no, them. These undies. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job. You're doing such a good job. So uh, yes, he opened up his uh, clues notebook and he wrote down <laughs> blood plus blood equals blood, and Faith lives in a motel. <laughs> Perfect. He's on the he's, fucking case. He's closing in on the criminal. <laughs> so then we go to Willow's. Buffy goes to Willow's. And oh my God, the coat that Buffy is wearing. Wow. We, so pink. We thought that big red coat was going to be the biggest that her coats got. Yeah. And, but yeah. no, she had one bigger for us. A giant pink coat that she's worn over. And now Willow. Willow has these moments all the time. I right? love them. Where she's like, now I'm going to really tell you how I feel. Yeah. And you don't know that the, uh, and she never knows that the other person is going through something different. Yes. 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 <laughs> and that's what happens here. All of a sudden, I'm not cool enough because I can't kill things with my hands, she says, not realizing that her words will trigger Buffy tre- to cry, yes. as promised. The, the prophecy that was foretold yes. has come to pass. <laughs> and Willow, uh like Willow's retreat where she's like, oh no, I I didn't mean it. I I say the wrong things. I'm bad. I am bad. I am I am so bad. It's just like, oh. no, Willow. Oh, just hold on to it, man. You were doing such a good job. Yeah, she was doing a really you good were doing job. A great but then job. she turns it around and does a good job and says, You have to tell Giles, obviously. Yes. Yes. Giles will know what to do. Uh but you know, Faith Faith realized that she had to tell Giles first that <laughs> Buffy did it. This is, you know, I just, I'm sad for Faith. I don't, I'm just sad for Faith in this episode. That's where I'm at. But I also, like, had a lot of love for Giles in this scene. Like, Giles was so quick on his feet. Yeah. To be dealing. Very convincing. Yeah. And, like, he's taken that all in as it comes. He's like, Faith is here. She's lying to me. Oh, my God. Buffy's here. Oh, my God. Faith just walked out. And now Buffy knows that Faith is here. And he makes the decision on the fly to pretend like he believes Faith to get Faith to leave so that he can tell Buffy, if I had told her I didn't believe her, we would have lost her. And, you know, it's like, man, where yeah. were you people for the other episode? when she <laughs> was still living in a motel and had no supervision of any kind. Yeah. Um, you know what he doesn't know, Giles? He doesn't know how far she'll take this charade. <laughs> Sorry, I, just... I have I have two things, yeah. two two important things. Mm-hmm. Um, first is that um, when when Faith like huffs out of the library, uh, she makes a swishing sound that she's almost always making because she's always wearing a certain substance. And I thought a good verb, a new mm. verb, oh, a new for verb. Faith was that uh, in in the scene she pleathers off. Ooh, pleathers like yeah. a. The, the verb is pleather. Yes. I love she, it. Because it's the noise that pleather makes yes. as it swishes. And then secondarily, <laughs> Giles says, she may have many talents, but fortunately lying isn't one of them. I made a incomplete but very nice list of mm-hmm. some of Faith's talents that oh. I would like to share. <laughs> wow. Okay, great. Yes. Sexy dancing. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Slaying. Yes. Petty theft. Ooh. Dark lipstick application. Yes. Cleaning blood out of white tank tops in motel sinks <laughs> and learning new words and incorporating them into her vocabulary. Oh, like, like what's an example? Like spotting would be a good example. <laughs> Great. Thank oh, you. So many positive things about Faith yeah. Lane. Look at her go. Uh, <laughs> Giles is not going to go to the council because Giles also hates the patriarchy. 
and great. the council. And well, Rearchy. say the Yeah, the council rearchy. Great, Jenny. Thank you. But fucking, you know who doesn't hate the council? Yeah. It's fucking Wesley. Wesley, how did you not learn your lesson last week that you are very bad at this job yeah, and you should dude. be learning from Giles? Just chill. Just like stay to the background and learn what you need to learn and you'll become a good watcher in time. Like just stop fucking... Ugh, stop being such a dude. That would be nice. Yeah. So um, one thing that <laughs> that I do like about the scene with Wesley is that the code word is monkey. And that you have to spell it. Right. Because they're not. It, what? Why? What? Yeah. They're all British. It's not like they don't understand what he's saying because of his accent. Yeah. Anyway, Xander. Oh, Xander. So my note in this scene is, oh, Xander. Oh, buddy. Just because, no. you know, he's like, hey, guys, I, you know, Faith and I are really tight. And and I just, I know I shouldn't feel bad for Xander. He's like, you know, he's Xander, but I feel bad for Xander in this Listen, I feel like scene. it's perfectly reasonable to feel bad for Xander in this scene and then the he scene just, that like, follows. Yeah, he just, He's like, trying to help. Uh, yeah, the scene that follows. And he's trying is... to, like, take care. Right. He is trying to take care of Faith. He's trying to help the Scoobies. He really thinks that the connection that he had with Faith was something that wasn't just like sex and like it really meant something to him when he thinks that it meant something to her. Not something huge, but like enough for it to be a connection. And I have to say that like when we see them in her room and he's saying like, you have to be real with me, like there was something there. Most of me wants to say, like, okay, like, Xander, like, had never had sex before. He probably, like, laid on some stuff. But there's a part of me that is, like, hmm, maybe Xander did see a vulnerable side of faith for a moment before he was kicked to the curb. Like, maybe there is some truth to what he is saying. And I don't know. I just, I feel bad. I I felt bad for him in the first scene in the, where they're talking about, like, how to help her because, you know, Buffy's like, oh, sorry, man. But, like, she literally just makes jokes out of every guy that she sleeps with, which is, like, harsh. <laughs> I feel like you didn't have to say the whole thing, Buffy. Yeah. And and then, right. But also, does she not take her connections with guys seriously for another specific oh, reason? for, like, a lady specific I don't know, reason? Like, maybe she just has other stuff going on. Do do carry on. Um, But, yeah, then when, when we get into this scene with Xander and Faith, it's just, like, Xander is doing it's like Xander also went back in time and listened to our podcast on the Zeppo right and was like you know you've got a point there because he does all of the things that you kind of wanted him to do that I kind of wanted him to do in the Zeppo where he's like you know what that's not what I'm fucking here for this is not what I'm here for this is not what I want I'm here because I want to help please talk to me please trust me right I mean that's like the recurring theme in this episode is everyone saying please trust me to somebody who does not have the capacity to trust. And this scene is dark. Yeah, it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. I mean, this is a scene of sexual assault that turns very quickly from sexual assault into physical or whatever you call it when it's you're going to be killed. Right. <laughs> right. Murder? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, I was watching it thinking like, wow, this is like a for sure a scene of sexual assault that's happening and forgetting I always forget these fucking things I forgot again that like it doesn't end there that she then tries to kill Xander and right right who knows where this is gonna go luckily Detective Angel <laughs> is there with was like trusty shovel Faith lives in a motel <laughs> <laughs> uh, could I just could I just touch on um, a couple of the, Please. the nice things about this scene yeah, I know what one first, of them is gonna yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> first of all, when I know when I'm in my CD motel, uh, watching old movies on uh, free TV, 
I'm always going to be wearing my leather pants, uh-huh. my sheer collared shirt oh, yeah. over a black uh, bra or tankini or something. What do ladies wear? Tankini. Jenny. I don't know. And you a know, choker. You write it my hair on, will be up. You, my, mm. oh, a bralette. Yes, a bralette. <laughs> okay. You know what it's called. Uh, yes, I do. So, and with my hair up and my dark lipstick perfectly applied and also my eyeliner on, just laying on my stomach with my knees bent well, and my ankles crossed. You know what? It's a fun, what you're saying is funny. I, I will give you that. But also as you were going on and on and on about your outfit that you wear while watching TV. I thought, you know, Faith is really fucked up right now and she's feeling really fucked up. And I feel like Faith's leather and dark lipstick and like all of those things are things that that make her feel better about herself and feel good. Mm. So it is possible, I think, that Faith was just like, I need to like, you know, it's possible that Faith was like, I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to fucking watch some TV and then I'm going to go out. And I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to do all my faith things to sure, keep my sure. mind off of murder. Right, right. Go to the bronze. Bronze the murder away. And then <laughs> what the hell is the sculpture over Faith's bed? Oh, my God. I wrote the what? same thing. It's like a three-dimensional sun if like all of the like flames of the sun were coming off in every direction it's like full sci-fi like there's a there's a whole plot line that we're not seeing here where there's a pod of some kind that that... definitely came from the set of a canceled show yeah 100 percent. they were just like dumpster diving in the, (laughs) the lot so anyhow this is a complicated scene this is a traumatic scene and uh luckily Angel steps in with a bat. Never been so happy Was to see bat? Angel with a shovel. A shovel. Uh, the bats and, later. Uh, right. Right. Okay. Um, his detective kit has a shovel and a bat inside <laughs> oh of it. Oh, my God. Um, Angel, of course, uh, saves Xander's life because they're boyfriends. Yes, they love each other. Um, and takes Faith back to his mansion where he puts her in chains so mm. that he can psychoanalyze her with all of his many years of psychoanalytical experience so this is like so this is a little thin right uh yeah he's like i'm 241 years old and this week that means something uh in terms of my emotional iq and my experience it's just like stop stop making your experience my experience man yeah yeah he's like once you get he he literally like i if i had the time i would go back in the episode and count and write down the amount of ways in which he says once you kill someone you've got a taste for it he says it in like 57 (laughs) different ways you know you once you do it you've got a taste for it and once you've killed without remorse, you do it again. And once you, it's like he literally sat with his fucking detective notebook and wrote fourteen ways he could say it to, to say to Faith that now she'll kill for the rest of her. She'll always want to kill again. Like it's Angel, really, that's you, man. It's really extreme. Yeah, it's not like she doesn't have a soul, right? And it's funny that he's like, you know, I I know what it's like to be an animal. It's like, dude, you didn't have a soul and you were a vampire. Like this is a Slayer who accidentally killed somebody she doesn't have a taste for i mean whatever they're gonna move with this plot line as they will but like come on like come on angel i don't know there's a pretty clear arc in view steal a compound bow from the bait and tackle shop (laughs) accidentally kill a man become a full-fledged serial murderer yeah yeah that's what Angel believes, but uh, I mean, Angel's trying to help, and I do like that. I, I really do, but I just feel it's a little misguided is all I'm saying. 
Um, and Buffy is, this is more of like Buffy fighting for faith, right? Like mm -hmm. we need to show her that she can trust us. I'm going to go to her motel room and get some of her things so that she'll see. Some and, of her tank tops. Right. And there's a little cutaway to uh, Trick and the mayor scheming. They're scheming. They're like. Yeah, watching that security yeah, footage. They saw us and now they must die. Mm -hmm. But then we're back to Faith and Angel. And here Angel says, you're not much more than a child. Finally, right. someone noticed right. that Faith is a child. And you know what you do when a child is hurting? You chain them up in your mansion, <laughs> and you tell them that they'll want to kill for the rest of their lives now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just ah. I just have a little bit of an issue with this scene. But, um, but it does contain one of Jenny's favorite lines of the whole series. One of my favorite lines of the whole series, when Angel's like, you can't imagine the... <laughs> All right, some true evil. And Faith's like, yeah, well, I hope evil takes MasterCard. Yes! <laughs> Give me that line. I think I'm going to go out on, and again. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think that evil does, in fact, take MasterCard. Probably. Right? Evil, evil probably just doesn't take American Express. Yes. Because of the no, higher right, percentage. Right, exactly. Uh, then... God fucking oh, damn it, Wesley, on, is man. my note. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Unnecessary, This sir, is just like, I am, for. I've never, like, uh, had, I've never uh, done that, like, thing where you take in a feral cat and you slowly get it to trust you. And it's like, but you know, it's like you put the food, like, 20 feet away and then 10 feet away and you, like, slowly move the cat. And I just imagine that this is like how it must feel if you're doing that and then something scares the fucking cat right when you're about to make progress and you like have to start right back at the beginning again because somebody Ugh. like what the fuck Wesley barges the fuck in he fucking nets well this part I like <laughs> I really got a cackle from netted angel <laughs> and like that that was all it took to keep him he was contained were... he was stuck in the net until Buffy got back to the mansion <laughs> they were beating him with crowbars okay, Kristen okay. Okay. be reasonable I'm sorry it's just like in my mind they just put him in a net and he was like god damn it <laughs> it's reminiscent of that one time that a door fell on him yes. and he just stayed under it for like an hour it's like he's like the strongest vampire of all time and right, he's like right. a net <laughs> my only weakness <laughs> anyway so, like, so yeah so that happens and then of course <laughs> faith escapes within minutes of course of course she has a nice uh i'm gonna pop this guy's head like a grape uh, if you don't fucking get me out of these cuffs you ding dong is like what she would say <laughs> if she were me and then sure. she jumps out of the back of the patrol truck. And does like a roll, I it's believe. Real good. Stunt Sick. work. Great. Uh, Great. Done by, Delightful. by Faith's stunt person mm -hmm. in this scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, right, we go to the library where Willow is uh, asking the big questions. Right, right. Like, why? Why would we want to help Faith? Right. She killed a man. She blamed Buffy. And that's, I think, Willow's biggest point. And also, she, she slept with Xander. That seems to be a stinging point. A stinging also. point. But I think Willow has some grounds to say. Oh, yeah. She, she, you know, she's blamed. She tried to frame Buffy for murder, which maybe we don't want to have that happen. That seems bad. Um, yeah. But everybody else is sort of like, no, we're really, we're going to stick this through. And we believe in right. her. And, she, and we're all she has, which is true. Right, right. And then bruised and beaten Wesley shows up. Uh, and my main question mm -hmm. is, how can Buffy wear a leopard print 
trench coat. At a time like this, it is far too whimsical for the occasion. Mm. She has <laughs> certainly plenty of other trench coats. You know, to maybe that from. one makes her feel powerful. Maybe that's her power coat. Maybe. Uh- <laughs> You're sad about it? No, okay, 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 fine. I'm into it. Uh, Something that I enjoyed about this scene was that, you know, they're all like, I'm going to do this. You guys go here, whatever. And Angel's like, I'll take the airport. (laughs) (laughs) There's an airport? So random. Like, okay. And then I just pictured fucking stupid Angel, (laughs) like, at gate A2, being like, standing behind the- Have you seen a girl who wears a lot of pleather? Yeah, just, like, listening intently with his- you know, enhanced vampire ears for the uh-huh. sound of pleathering. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Buffy, luckily, is the one who gets the docks because that, of course, is where our faith is. Oh, yes. It gets you gone, she said previously. Yes. And faith is on her way out of town and she sees Buffy. They have this exchange where, again, this is kind of what I was referring to earlier, where she's like, just tell me that you feel these feelings. I know you feel these feelings. And she gets Buffy so mad that Buffy punches her in the face. And she, Ooh, what does she say? You know what she, she says? She says, there's my girl. There's my girl. How romantic. How romantic indeed. She just wants an emotional fucking connection. And from Buffy right now, she is not able to receive the trust. She's not able to receive yeah, the yeah, care. Yeah. Um, she's really only able to receive like this le- high level of emotion, like this punch to the face is like makes you feel something yeah also i feel like this like seeing me living my own way like tempts you line of reasoning Mm. that she's like going down is like pretty interesting she just wants to know that she's not a weirdo is what i think oh she you know she wants to feel seen yeah i think she wants to feel seen and buffy you know buffy can't really give that to her the way that she's after it certainly not right now because she's trapped under a crate that just fell right very similar to angel (laughs) (laughs) always getting trapped under stuff faith uh pulls one of her classic moves we saw her use this move with a garbage can earlier in the season but now it's uh vamp in a packing can of some kind Um, Uh, it's great it's great move it's always my favorite move i love when she puts a vampire in a can which she does here. Trick is here, and Trick has wrapped a red cord around Buffy's neck. It's really upsetting, and he's, like, dragging her away by this, like, leash of sorts. Gross. Um, And he has this comment, right, that, like, Hmm. again, it's just, like, this side, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about um, Trick and race on the show at, at some length in other episodes. And this is just like one of those moments where he says to Buffy uh, as he's about to kill her and uh, drink her blood, I hear once you've tasted a Slayer, you never go back. Mm. Which is like someone in the writer's room was like, ooh, I know what would be funny. You know how like there's that phrase, once you go black, you never go back. We should just do a play on that because it'll be funny. And it's like, ah. It's, mm. No, thank you. Yeah. Hard pass. And it's, and Trick dies in the scene. And it's like, when you think about it, which I'm just doing right now, Trick's, one of Trick's first lines was, you know, along the lines of like the, that there's strictly the Caucasian persuasion in the Dale. It was like about mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. Then we've gotten a couple little things here and there. No, no depth at all into those queries. No, you know, his character. No, he just like shows up and is like, there sure are a lot of white people around. Right. And then his last fucking line is like a play on this. Like, it's just, 
Ah, you know, the show does a lot of things that are really good, but it really misses the mark when it comes to race in just just numerous ways. Yes, Um, yes, And this is not, I mean, you know, this moment taken in and of itself is not like this huge affront. It's just the the sort of the whole whole picture that we get here of Trick's time with us. Yeah. um, That I just feel could have been better. And I think Trick deserved a better last line. And an R.I.P. trick. R.I.P. trick. You will be missed. You will be you missed. Were you were a and really your, fun part of the show. Yes. You and your velvet jackets, your love for Marmaduke, your service <laughs> to the mayor, uh, and the way that his idiosyncrasies, what do you call those? Idiosyncrasies. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. You, you and your, how you enjoyed the idiosyncrasies of the mayor. Yeah. All of it. I yeah. will miss it. Also, miss his it commitment too. to being a modern vampire. Yes. Oh, Loved my God. It. Remember his legacy, Slayer Fest 98? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, bye, Trick. Um, so, Trick is gone, and as soon as he is uh, turned to dust, there's plenty of open space for two Slayers to share meaningful eye contact. Right? Because, like, last episode... Yeah! Last episode, there was an eyebrow raise when uh, Buffy staked a vamp for Faith, and uh, mm-hmm. now we're getting some meaningful eye contact after Faith stakes a vamp for Buffy. Yes, and it is... Yep, it's just a thing. It is it, all all uh, sexualized joking aside. Yeah. This is a huge deal, which is what they're discussing in the following scene. It's like Faith, uh, Faith tried to kill Xander, but Faith definitely just saved Buffy's life. Right. Maybe it's not a total loss. Maybe there's still a way to reach her. And Buffy's also, like not going to give up on her. Right. Buffy is not going to give up on her. Also, I am not going to give up on Giles's thermos, which is a gorgeous. nice thermos. It's like that man knows how to pick out glassware mm-hmm. and thermosware mm-hmm. and ties and tweeds. Yes. He knows some nice things when he sees them. Anyway, Buffy is not going to give up on Faith. Except, Except maybe she should. Maybe. So this episode ends with Faith uh, showing up at the mayor's doorstep and pulling. I mean, I don't like that it's happening, but it is a pretty pretty sick move. Pretty fucking sick move. Hey, you sent a guy to kill me? Yeah, that guy's dead, so you got a job opening? Unbelievable. Like, come on. Only Faith. That's pretty great. She's got a lot going for her. She does. There's one thing we haven't talked about yet. What's that? Sexual tension. Yes. Who's got it and who doesn't? <laughs> well, we talked long and hard about this one because there's not, I don't think there's a clear front runner. Unless there is. Unless there is. And the more we thought, the more we realized. That we followed the clues. We followed the clues and, and discovered. <laughs> we really put it together. <laughs> that we'd like to give the sexual tension award to Angel and his leather bound clues notebook. Detective Angel. Oh, his Days on These notebook? Yes, that's correct, Jenny. <laughs> that Detective Angel, it's sort of a mini jingle, right? It's like a, yeah, it's like yeah. a wisp of a jingle. It's a fraction of a yes. jingle. And we're going to send that to all of our patrons. So if you're, if you're a patron and uh, you, want, you didn't know until now that what you needed was... A Detective Angel. Detective Angel. 
it's really it's good. Oh, it's really, thank you. It's really nice, Jenny. Thank Jenny you very just much. whipped that up in just moments. Out of thin air. Yeah. She said, I don't know if I have time to wait a second. And then she, <laughs> she thwanged on her guitar with a cackle and off, <laughs> off she went to the races. Anyhow, uh, congratulations to Angel and his and Days on this notebook. It's such an exciting time for the two of them. Yes. Uh, trophy is in the mail. Thank you very much. And I think uh, I think we're rounding the bend here. Yes, I think that's about it. Yes. Uh, I think it's time for me to tell you that I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Yeah, if you haven't figured it out by now. <laughs> Get hip to the fact that I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not making this podcast, I'm making songs. You can hear some of them at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering, where I have curated a special little playlist of some of my works for you. Also, you can give me a shout on Twitter any old time at Jenny Owen Youngs. I was whispering through your thing because I was going to say that's so nice that you made a little playlist for everyone. Oh, thank Isn't that you. Friendly of you. It was my pleasure. Uh, you can find out more about me at my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K R I S T I N N O E L I N E. It's also the spelling of my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle. So you can go to all those places or any of those places or none of those places if you don't like me. I understand. You know, you can't like everybody. You can also learn about my work with the LGBTQ community at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at BufferingCast. And you can always drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you're a patron, you better get those emails into us now because we're going to be doing a mailbag very soon. And Imminently. So you know, just so you know, when we do the mailbags, even if you're not a patron, if we answer your, if we read your email or we answer your question, we email you the link to the patron-only mailbag so that... You don't have to worry that we've read your email and the only way you can access it is by donating money to right, us. Right, 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 If right. we've read your email, you will get a link to the episode as well. Uh, and I think that brings us to how you can support us. Oh, yes. Is in a few ways. You can, of course, rate and review us on iTunes. Many of you have. And we would appreciate even more of you doing so because it helps people find the podcast and helps us all kind of stay together as a little community over here. There's a big community over here. We're getting mm. bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, and you can also, of course, go to our Patreon page, as we've mentioned. All of that can be found on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. You can buy our merch. Uh, and a way to support Time's Up, an organization bringing awareness to a lot of the sexual uh, assault, sexual abuse, sexual harassment happening uh, across the world is by buying one of our handwritten lyric sheets. You can find those at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash greater good. We have added five this week, and we will be donating the entirety of those proceeds to Time's Up in Eliza Dushku's name. Thank you for listening. You are beautiful. We care about you. Oh, I have one more thing to say. <laughs> I wasn't even done with my compliments. I'm Go sorry. On. I'm sorry. I was so afraid you were going to say until next time and then I wouldn't be able to take <laughs> us back ever again. But what we didn't mention is um, that in writing the song this week, so we, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we had recorded Consequences, the podcast, uh, before um, we read Eliza's story, before Eliza came forward with her story. And but we hadn't started the song yet. And so when we wrote the song, you know, we wrote it for the episode. 
you know, that was the, that was the first thing. But as we wrote it, Jenny and I had conversations about keeping the language a little bit looser so that not only would it be maybe applicable to the episode, but that it might be applicable to what many of us are all going through right now. Many of us um, are, you know, seeing other people come forward with their stories. Many of us are seeing people not be believed when they share their mm-hmm. stories. Uh, there's a lot happening. So uh, you can listen to the song a couple of ways, as is the case with any song. But know that when we went into this one, we definitely had that heavy on our mind and it, it influenced uh, the lyric choices and uh, a lot else. Absolutely. Okay, now you may say what you were going to say, Jenny. I'm so sorry. I actually was done with my compliments, <laughs> but I wasn't done with saying till next time. Uh, woo! Detective Angel. <laughs> Nobody can tell you what to do But I don't want to watch the deeper, darker get a hold of you Dodge it for a while, you still get bit It's only gonna eat you up if you hold on to it Hard is hard and right is right can't just bury it inside Sometimes the truth will be The demon that you fight Cause hard is hard and right is right Maybe it's the very hardest thing Trying to understand the truth And then who you can trust with it I know that the world we live in now Is made to make you feel like you can't speak up anyhow Hard is hard and right is right You can't just bury it inside Sometimes the truth will be the demon that you fight Hard is hard and right is right Feeling like you're out here on your own But everything you're facing you don't have to face alone Ready to do what you need me to Even if it's only just to listen and believe you Hard is hard and right is right I'm your partner in this fight We won't give up on you You're strong and full of life It's hard is hard and right is right Hard is hard and right is right Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we 
are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.